Again, welcome to Maranatha and um, this wonderful weekend that we get to celebrate together. Um, I'm, I'm Justin Bubar. I'm a member here at Maranatha and a community group leader. Uh, my wife and I, Jenna, have been here for coming up on two years now, and we have been so blessed by this church um, and the friendships and the families that we have here and the preaching of the gospel in every sermon and every text leads back to Jesus, and we are so thankful for that. Uh, a church that stands on the pillar of grace and truth through the word of God. Um, amen, yes. So, before we get into the passage tonight, we're going to be in Isaiah 53. So if you want to open your Bibles, uh, open up your apps. Um, or there's Bibles in front of you in the pews if you don't have one. And you can actually take those home if you really don't have one at home. Um, we'll be, again, Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 7. While you're doing so, and before we pray, I wanted to prompt us with the question of why Good Friday is Good Friday. Last Sunday was Palm Sunday. Uh, It is signifying, it's a historical, uh, because Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem on a colt or donkey, and the people started to put palm leaves and palm trees, not palm trees, but palm leaves in front of him and uh, in cloaks. And this was signifying they they believed that he was the king that was going to rid them of the Roman rule and oppression. Uh, This week is uh, Passion Week. Um, This is also where we see uh, many memorable events and things that Jesus did in the Gospels. And then we have today, which is Good Friday. As Christians, you know, and we celebrate this every year, it is the death of Jesus Christ by crucifixion, an agonizing, painful, horrible death. So again, why do we call this day good? Why is today Good Friday good. I want you to chew on that. I want you to meditate on that as we pray and as we walk through the passages tonight. If you'll pray with me. Lord, you are holy, gracious, and merciful, just, kind, and powerful. We are grateful to be here tonight to commune together as the body as we discuss your son's glorious death. Lord, we pray and ask that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive the word and receive it with gladness, that we would live it out and keep your word, and that we, we, we would behold the wonderful things of your law. I pray as your word is proclaimed that it would not return void. We pray all these things by your spirit and your son's holy name. Amen. Here at Maranatha, we stand in reverence for God as we read God's word aloud. So if you're able, please stand with us now as, we read, uh, as I read Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 7. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like the sheep that is before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So to, be, to begin, I want to give you guys some context, a little bit of background, not on all of Isaiah, but on Isaiah 53. Um, Isaiah is a prophet in the Old Testament, and he is prophesying of Jesus coming, and that he would be crucified, and he would endure this 
painful death on a cross. So here we are in, in, in uh, Isaiah 53, uh, and starting in verse 4, we see that he bore our griefs and he carried our sorrows. Now, the griefs and sorrows that Isaiah is talking about are the ones that come from our own sin. Because we know that there are consequences for our sin. And not only that, but we've experienced grief and sorrow from family members and friends and coworkers and people we, we just met. There may be some of you with family members that you have fought with, maybe physically and verbally, and you haven't seen them for years, and that has caused you and your family grief and sorrow. Or you may be a parent who has a child who's continuing to be disobedient to you, and he's far from the Lord. This is the grief and sorrow that is brought about by our sin. In this same way of pain, Jesus is no different because he sees and he feels the magnitude and the effects of our fallen nature and our sinful humanity. He saw it all. He saw adultery. He saw pride. He saw envy. He saw disease and illness. And he healed a lot of those people. But it still caused him grief and it caused him sorrow. All of these things are results of our sinful nature. We see in the text that Jesus was stricken. He was smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced, he was crushed, and he was punished or chastised. He was forsaken of God and crushed under the wrath of God. He was scourged, he was beaten, he was mocked. A few weeks ago, in John 19, we we saw this, this, this horrible display of what Jesus went through before and during the crucifixion and his death. We learn that he was not only scourged and beaten and and spit on and mocked and slapped, but he was humiliated by the Roman soldiers who fixed a crown of thorns and pressed it into his head. And then they put a purple robe around him, which we know signified a royalty, and they made fun of him. He bore the iniquity and sin of every person who would ever come to believe in him. What Jesus Christ went through, this is the ultimate suffering. And if this is true, if all this is true, and he went through all of this, again, why do we call this day good? Why do we celebrate and remember this day? What's mind-blowing is the fact that he did all of these things and endured all of these things Willingly. He endured it all, and yet he did not open his mouth. He didn't complain. He was not bound and dragged. He was bound, but he was not dragged. He went on his own accord. He did not try to escape. He went to the cross willingly as a martyr to be murdered. We see this in verse 7 of the text. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Isaiah thought it was important because he, he says it twice. Jesus did not open his mouth and complain. 
Even in the garden of Gethsemane, where he prayed to the Father, he did not complain. He knew it was the will of God the Father to be accomplished on the cross in this suffering and death by crucifixion. One of the saddest things I think about is that Jesus died at the hands of those he created and those he gave breath and life to. Those he sustained as, he, as they killed him because God is sovereign. He's sovereign over everything. It was the predestined plan of God for Jesus to be crucified. Can you imagine that? Your own creation killing you. I imagine that you can because we are guilty of putting them, him there as well. If Jesus did die on behalf of everyone who would ever believe in him, then that means it's us as believers. That's a hard pill to swallow. And as heavy as this is, there is wonderful, extraordinary, awesome, glorious truth to be known and grasped in Christ's death because he didn't die without a purpose. And this death that, he, that, he, that had happened to him was necessary. It was necessary for him to die. Listen to Romans 5 for a moment, where, where Paul tells us why today is good. This is Romans 5, 6 through 10. For while we were weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since there we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by his death, by the death of his son, much more, now that we are all reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Amen. Did you hear why today is good? Did you hear what Paul said? It is good because we were helpless, but Christ died for us. It is good because it shows God's love for us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is good because we've been justified by the perfect spotless lamb and his blood, meaning now we are right with God and now we can have peace with God and now we can have peace with man. Because of this death, Christ has given us a ministry of reconciliation to carry out the gospel to the ends of the earth. It is good because we are saved from the wrath of God. It is good because we were enemies of God and we were reconciled to God through the death of Jesus Christ. This is good news for us. Because without Christ's death, we are helpless sinners under God's wrath. And we would be left to that wrath if it wasn't for Jesus intervening on the cross. That's unbelievably good news. Turn back to Isaiah 43 for a moment, where Isaiah prophesied that Christ would be pierced through for our transgressions. He would be scourged, and he would be whipped, and he would be beaten, but it would be by his wounds that we would be healed. The Lord would cause the iniquity that we are guilty of, and the sin that we are guilty of, to fall on him. He would be oppressed and he would be afflicted for his glory and our good. What do these all have in common? 
although Christ's death is for us, it is ultimately not about us. John says in Revelation that worthy is the lamb that was slain. Therefore, it is not by our good works that we are saved. Our sins are removed by the spotless lamb, the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, and the finished work that Christ accomplished on the cross for our benefit and for our sake. This is what love is. And he showed us this great love by dying on the cross. God poured out his righteous wrath for our sin onto Christ. The sin that we deserved. Because God says that the just punishment of sin is death. Again, because of the great love with which God has for us, he sent his son. Do you see how this is both the father and the son's work? Paul said in Romans 5, 8, that God the Father showed us his love for us by having his son die for us, even while we were sinners. That is why Good Friday is good. The God-man Jesus Christ made a way for us to know the Father and to be saved from our sin by enduring the suffering that was meant for us, by taking on the death that we deserve he took the cup in the full, and he drank the full portion of God's wrath over sin that was meant for us. That is beautiful. I cannot atone for my own sin. The, men on the, the, the criminals on the cross could not atone for your, their sin. Blood alone did not atone. The death of Christ did. Worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be followed and to be called upon and to be, to be believed upon. You can depend on his faithfulness. We are unfaithful and yet he is still faithful. He is worthy of all glory and all honor and all praise. And there is no other name in heaven and on earth by which we must be saved and by which we can be saved than in the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this is good news, wonderful news, but we know as believers this is not the end. This is not the end of the story. This is not all we have been promised to be given in Christ. There is more, and we get to celebrate that this coming Sunday. Sunday is Easter Sunday, when we as the church, as the body of believers, get to celebrate Jesus' resurrection. So please join us here at Maranatha, in three days. We would love to see you again. We hope that you'll come back and hear of the great hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And we'll learn more about the mystery and victory of his life after death. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for not giving us what we rightly deserve in the punishment of the crucifixion. Thank you for reminding us of the glorious truth of your Son and his death for us. And for all those who will be redeemed under the curse of the law. Thank you, Lord, for purchasing us with your blood on the cross. Allowing us to worship you tonight in song and through the proclamation of your word. You are so good to us, Lord. And we know we deserve nothing, and yet you joyfully take care of us all and give to us everything we have. 
We pray all these things by the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us as believers. And in Jesus' holy name, amen.